Adam, where are you? This question is given by God to Adam after the fall, and it's charged with the, all the sorrow of a father who has lost his child. The father knew the risk of freedom. He knew that his children could be lost. Yet perhaps not even the father could imagine so great a fall, so profound an abyss. He is not a father out to get his son. He is not a father who asks in anger, where are you? He is a father who is calling out. He is a father giving his son a chance to reveal himself. He has given him a chance to come before him as he is, with all the shame, with all the feelings of, of unworthiness. But the son, in his shame, in his fallen state, doesn't answer with honesty. Rather, he deflects the question of, where are you? Rather, he responds, I heard you in the garden, but I was afraid because I was naked, and so I hid myself. All the father was asking for was him to be honest with him. All Adam had to say is, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Father. I'm right here. He doesn't answer his question, though, but only provides excuses that he was afraid and that he was naked. What his son doesn't know, what Adam doesn't know, is that's exactly and precisely what the father wanted from him. To come before him naked. To come before him as he was. To come before him totally transparent. To be honest and upfront with him. The father, because he is good and loving, reaches out once more to allow Adam to tell the truth. Who told you that you were naked, he asks. You have eaten then from the tree of which I have forbidden you to eat. Adam, all he needs to say is, yes, Lord. Yes, Father, I have eaten of that tree. Forgive me, have mercy, I'm sorry. But he deflects again. This time only to put the blame on someone else. The woman who you put here with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree, so I ate it. Deflection and blame. And so the father, as good as he is, he tries the woman, asking her, why did you do such a thing? But she only follows suit with deflection and blame. The serpent tricked me into it, so I ate it. She points the finger at someone else, just like Adam did. You see, Adam and Eve in this moment need only to come before the Lord God, their father, with honesty. They don't need to continue to hide in their fear. Rather, they ought to know that the Lord is merciful and forgiving. And he has the fullness of redemption. But because their minds have become distorted by their sins, they cannot perceive such a thing. They perceive him as an angry God as an angry father, rather than a forgiving father. And so after this, God begins to speak to the serpent who, tripped, who tricked them. And he says, I'm going to send one. I'm going to promise one that will come. He's going to be the seed of a woman who will crush the head of the serpent, the devil. This promise is a person who has a name. 
Jesus Christ. And this person, Jesus Christ, comes on the scene to simply say, Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Father. I come to do your will. And this person, Jesus, we encounter today in the gospel, and he's doing precisely what was promised in Genesis. He's crushing the head of the serpent, crushing the head of Satan by casting him out, by doing exorcisms. But like their first parents, but I would say even worse than them, the scribes and the Pharisees perceive wrongly the work of God. They perceive so wrongly that they attribute what is good to what is evil. They attribute the work of God to the work of Satan. You see, their hardness of heart, they're running away from God, they're hiding from God's work in their own hearts, has their minds distorted. And they don't even recognize the work of the Holy Spirit among them. And my brothers and sisters, this is what is meant by the unforgivable sin. It's the sin in which one does not want to receive the forgiveness of God. When someone's heart is so closed that all they resort to is deflection and blame. They, they deflect in that they don't recognize they need forgiveness, that they have done something wrong. They have lost a sense of sin in their life. They blame in that it's, it's not their fault, it's someone else's. The sin is unforgivable because they don't ask for the forgiveness, nor do they desire it. Because God doesn't impede upon the freedom that he gives to his children, the very freedom that costs them eternal life, and they had to have someone promise to come and save them. Deflection and blame. I have nine nieces and nephews, and I visit the elementary school very, very often. And I tell you, there's one thing common amongst children when they get in trouble. What do they do? Deflect and blame. Do they not? Was it you that did it? No, no, no. It was him. Did you do this? Uh, I love you, Mama. You see, original sin can be proven by children. The effects of original sin still remain even with us adults when we deflect and we blame. Today, the question is presented to each and every one of us by the Father. And it's a very simple one. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you in your relationship with the Son, Jesus Christ? Is it personal? Is it life-giving? Where are you? Are you hiding from him? Are you ashamed and afraid of letting the Father see you as you are? Is the Father knocking at your door, the door of your heart, asking you, my son, my daughter, where are you? But only to get a deflection from the question not to be honest with him. Where are you? Are you blaming the lack of spiritual growth in your life to excuses like, I don't have the time. I'm way too busy for that. Where are you? When is the last time you were transparent and owned up to your faults 
and mistakes and encountered Christ in the confessional. Today is a good day to ask yourself, where am I? Where am I in my walk towards eternity? Is it where I want to be? Today, as I mentioned, we begin to wear green. We start ordinary time. Ordinary is not just to say that it's not extraordinary, it's just the routine. It means that it's a time that we order our lives towards God. In order to begin that process or continue that process, we have to look back and say, where am I? Or better yet, have the Father ask you, where are you? Each day we must go before the Lord in prayer, not deflecting his questions, not blaming other people or other things, but rather look at our lives honestly and see where we are in relationship to him. Each day you must be honest, not pointing the finger, but to see how God is or is not working in our lives. How he is working, how he is not, because we are impeding that work. My brothers and sisters, may you today hear the Father calling out to you. My son, my daughter, where are you?